Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Here at Velocity, we love listening about how lives are changed through our church. So if that's you, please contact us at amen at findvelocity.org. Enjoy today's message. We are wrapping up our series where heaven meets earth, and I'm excited to get to bring this message to you this morning. Um, And honestly, like, I have a lot of notes, an insane amount of notes, okay? Um, You guys are going to get some bonus content that 9 and 10 did not get, but I don't have time to warm you up. I don't have time to make you feel good and give you all the fuzzies, because we just need to get started. And I knew that because I wouldn't have a lot of time, you guys would be taking notes so fast to keep up with me today. You'd be so engaged, you probably wouldn't have time to amen me. So it's cool, I got you covered. I will amen myself all day. You just need to lean in and receive from God today, okay? Because we win together, right? And the title of today's message is, it's about united purpose. So if you are taking notes, you can jot that down. It's about united purpose. Well, let's pray together and then we will get started. God, we thank you so much for your church. We thank you that we get to come here and we get to worship you and we get to hear from your word. Lord, I just pray that you would remove every obstacle that is between us and you today, that our minds would be focused on you, that we'd be clear and sharp to receive what you have. And God, I pray a special prayer over all of the dads that are here today. Lord, just bless them. Let them feel a touch from you today. God, if they're... um, in great relationship with their children. Let their children just be really well-behaved today. If they are strained from their children, Lord, I just pray that you would come in and put a healing touch on their heart, meet them where they're at. We thank you, Lord, that you, that God, you are the greatest dad, and that we never have to feel alone because you are with us. We thank you for it, Jesus, in your name, amen. All right, well, We are talking about we win together, but I thought it would be really great if I started this message by talking about me. I mean, not me personally, but me, the individual. Because we need to understand some things about me before we can fully embrace we. And if we can't do that or have the foundational understanding of how the me flows into the we, then saying things like, we win together, or it's about united purpose, will never hold any weight in our lives. You see, we live in a world of something like 7.7 billion people. And we live in a city of nearly 100,000 people. And even smaller than that, we are a part of a church of hundreds of people that has multiple services. And I think it's natural to sometimes have this feeling of, yes, I'm, I'm a part of this, but there are just so many people. I get lost in the shuffle. Do they really even notice when I'm not here? And a side note, I might not know your name because I'm really bad with names. And I might not know your story, but I do know your face. And if I don't see your face, I notice it's missing. In the world, in general, we can feel like we're just a number, one of the people. 
But if I could tell you one thing today that would stick in your heart, that would be your takeaway, it would be this. You are a very important person to God. Or we could say it like this, and this is actually my first point for you today. Every me matters to God. God loves me. It's the very foundation of our relationship with God. God loves me. When my kids were little, I'd rock them to sleep and I would teach them this song. Maybe you know it. It goes a little something like this. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And then we'd go up even higher and go, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. So I've fulfilled two dreams. I'm now able to be on the worship team and a choir director. (laughs) It's because Pastor Andrew's here. He'll never hear it, okay? See, God loves me. And it's a super cute song. And if you saw Pippa today, she would climb up on top of a table and belt it out the best that she can in her three-year-old voice. But more than just knowing the song, I want them to know deep down in their soul to proclaim a truth, to lay a foundation of their life That in the middle of the crowds, Jesus never loses sight of me. Jesus loves me. And that's why numbers matter to us at Velocity. You see, we count everything around here. We count people. We count baptisms. We count salvations, growth track attendance, group attendance. Each week we ask you to fill out your connection cards and put down information to tell us what God is doing in your life, to share with us how we can pray for you because every me is a VIP to God. And as a church, we never want to lose sight that every person matters, that every number is a name. And we want to do our best to keep track as best as we can to help people to move forward, to get connected, to be part of the family of God because every me matters. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gave a powerful message affirming the value of each person. He says in verse 26, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And he goes on in verse 28 and says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. In verse 30, If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. You see, God clothes the grass of the fields and provides for the birds of the air. And Jesus is saying, how much more will your father care for you? Why did he say that? Because he knows every single person matters to God and God hasn't lost track of you. You matter to him. And I think so many of us just need to hear that truth today. You matter to God. Let me show you how much you matter to God. 
Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You see, I matter so much to God that God had a plan for me even before I made my debut. Before I ever did anything, he had a plan just for me. And when I'm aware of how much I matter to God, I can be confident in every season, in every circumstance of life because I know he goes before me, he comes behind me, he's on either side of me, he will never leave me or forsake me because he is with me always. Maybe you're here today on this Father's Day and you've been abandoned by your father. And I don't want to make light of that. And I know that you know the hurt and the pain of that. And maybe it's caused a lot of questions about your worth and your value and how could somebody that's supposed to love me just leave me? Well, I want to assure you that you might have been abandoned by your father. Maybe you've been left out by society, but God wants me to say to you that every me matters and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and he will be with you always. Because me is a very important person to God. Just lock that truth in. Let's just say this point together. I know it's horrible grammar, but it sticks. Me matters much to God. Say it with me. Me matters much to God. Me is a very important person to God, but here's my second point for you this morning. We are a very important people to God. Me is an important person, but we collectively, all of us, are a very important people to God. And we see that in scripture in 1 Peter 2, and I'm going to change the the you to we. It says, but we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. We are the people of God. So, not, so God not only loves me, but God loves we. And here's where this message starts to get good. Because I want you to understand the plan of God. God designed me to live in the community of we. Me is created for community. Me is not meant to be on my own. Me is not made to live in isolation, to sit on the side and do my own thing. Me is created for community. You see, the greatest things in life don't come through individuality. The greatest things in life come through community. Can I just tell you, my greatest friendships, my closest friendships from the time I was a little girl to the time I, to the age I am now have always come through community, through being in the house 
of God. The greatest blessings of God come through community. Me is formed for God's family. God loves me and places me in the we. Let me ask you a question. If you were to pray a prayer and ask God for a job, how do you think that would come to you? Would it just show up? Would it come through the mailbox or your email? If it does, I'd be a little skeptical of that. No, it would come through people. Maybe it would come through you sharing with someone, hey, I lost my job, I'm looking. If you hear of anything, let me know. And then they have a friend that so happens to have a business that needs someone. Or maybe they're sitting at work one day and hear of an opening and think you would be perfect for that, so they tell you about it. Or maybe it's sharing, like, when I was getting ready to get a new job, this is some things that I did to clean up my resume, to make me, to, to seem as a more appealing employee. It all comes through people. It's the people in your life that God uses to bless you. So this idea of me and God got our own thing going on, I don't need anyone else, that's an idea you need to be freed from today, okay? That is not God's best for your life. The bigger we is the human race, but the we that is special to God is his church. It's the family of God. And you know what? I am so proud of everyone that takes time every weekend. We all have busy schedules. We all have things going on. But we take the time to prioritize coming to church. And hats off to dads who said, this is how I want to start my special day, by being in church together as a family. But I want to go further in that and say, don't just come and attend Don't just mark it off your to-do list. If that's all you do, you're never going to fully reap the benefits of God's house because the church is not a place to attend. The church is a community to belong to. And that's why we say things like, this is for everyone because no matter who you are, what you've got going on, whether you have a strong, vibrant, healthy walk with God or you're still trying to figure out what it means to walk with God, This is for everyone. God has called us to serve in the we, or what we'd call the church. The church is where me, the consumer, becomes we who are the contributors. Something happens when we take the me and bring it into the life of the we. When we realize that I'm part of something bigger. When we fully understand and get a hold of the truth that that me is a very important person to God and God's got me covered and God cares about me and I don't have to live in apprehension or fear because God knows me. I'm not gonna get lost on the radar of God. God knows exactly where I am. He hears every prayer. He knows every hair on my head. I'm secure, so I know that. Then I can say, now where does God want me to be? Well, he wants me to be in the community of we. And when we fully jump in and embrace the community of we, it negates what the world is trying to do. You see, culture today does a great job of making it all about me. The world has made everything about me. What's good for me? What does me need? What does me want? The other day, I um, was picking up some food at Chipotle. And any Chipotle fans in the house? I gotta say, I kinda, eh, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't, but that's, I just, I'm really honest. And here's another, probably way too honest for you. I was in a bad mood when I went to Chipotle, okay? I was hungry, and I, 
the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happens. And we'll just try and make this all spiritual. The Holy Spirit told me I needed to preach. The Holy Spirit might have been the voice of my husband. I didn't want to preach. I'm just going to be honest. I wanted me to have some me time. I was, I was in Iowa. I was going to Iowa on Thursday. I was like, you're in Israel. You worry about Israel. Don't make me worry about velocity. I, me, me, me. This is what I was doing. You know, I'm just being honest here. I love my church. I love preaching. But me just wanted a break. Me wanted to go to grandma's house and not have to pay attention to my kids because grandma was taking care of them, right? That's what me wanted. Amen. But... <laughs> But then I was like, I, Pastor Andrew's in the DR, Pastor Jacob needs to handle all the things that I can't handle and don't want to handle, so I guess me needs to preach. So I was standing in line, kind of like grumbling and complaining, and the line wasn't moving, and why does, it, why does everybody want to go to Chipotle at the same time? That's what I don't understand. Like, can't we take shifts? And then I had this thought when I was standing there, I wonder if... At lunchtime at Chipotle, if they ever make the same meal twice, think about it. You know, you you go and you watch. Someone will order a a bowl with brown rice, brown rice and white rice, extra steak, all the salsas. Basically, it's a teenager going there. You know, sour cream, guacamole, cheese, lettuce, everything. They'll pile it up, and then the next person's like, "Oh, I just want." half white rice, some chicken and veggies, a little bit of pico, and that's it. And then the next person's like, I would like a bowl with a tortilla on the side with carnitas and veggies and black beans and guacamole. And the possibilities are endless at Chipotle. I think you could probably go to Chipotle for a month straight and never eat the same thing. I'm not willing to try it, but if any of you want to try it and let me know, we can do that. But it's not just Chipotle that does that. Like every restaurant, most every restaurant does that, right? There are choices. And then what happens is because culture's made it so much about me, when we go to a restaurant that's like no substitutions, we freak out. Literally, we're like, no, 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 no. I know it says no substitutions, but you see, I can't have beans. I don't like beans. So I need you to make me a burrito with beans. And they're like, sorry, no substitutions. And we kind of get upset about that because it's not all about me. We're trained, me gets what me wants. And I know this is a silly example, but if you aren't aware of this me mentality, you can become very selfish. And if you get selfish in the ideas about your life, you can begin to stray away from what God has called us to be. Not consumers, but contributors. You see, there are areas in all of our lives where we have to be careful because we can make it so much about me, my needs, my wants, my comfort, my preference. And the scary thing is, we can do that at church. This is, this is the uncomfortable part. So I will just amen myself. <laughs> Some of you think the church exists for you, but the church does not exist for us. You see, we are the church and we exist for the world. Understanding this is something so powerful and life-changing. It's a perspective that will lift the lid of containment off of your life and position you for ongoing, never-ending progress and growth. When you only think of me, me is your only resource. But when you open up to the we, your resource is endless. 
When you start interacting in the we, it just goes on and on. God does this, and God does that, and this door opened up to me, and there are friendships that happen, and people in your world that care about you. There's an outlet for you to use your gifts. You can discover gifts that you never knew you had. Healing happens in the we. Restoration happens. Families grow closer. The list just goes on and on and on. And it all happens because now you've connected yourself to the bigger world in the community of we. One thing that we try to do at Velocity is give clear and detailed directions on certain things. And we know in our efforts to be clear, we probably run the risk of annoying people sometimes. I guarantee each week when you come here, you could probably be on platform because you know the script. Good morning. On your way into the auditorium this morning, you were greeted by our host who handed you a program. On the inside of that program, you will find our connection card. Please take out your and begin to fill it out. Then we say things like, take a next step, check in on Facebook, tag us on Instagram, join a team, go to growth track, discover your purpose, sign up to be baptized, join a group, host a group, lead a group, come to leadership coffee, come to heart and soul. We say all the things and we push these buttons and we know that we're gonna risk annoying some people because some people are gonna be like, I was just trying to come to church today to hear a message for me that's gonna make me feel better and now you once again are bugging me about growth track. Yes, we are going to keep bugging you about growth track because we want you to know that every me is a VIP and God wants you to know that every me needs to get into the we because we are very important people of God and the we is where the me can thrive and grow and get our needs met from God. You see, me doesn't learn to serve in the me. Me doesn't learn to give in the me. Me doesn't learn to care about other people in the me. Me's light doesn't shine in the me. None of that happens in the me. It all happens in the we. James 3 gives us some real practical advice about living in the we. It says in verse 18, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. And here in this we, our goal is to be healthy people and to honor God collectively and be a place that offers support and strengths and helps people to get to where God wants you to be going. And all of that is done in the we. And we know that all week long, you face pressures and weight of the world. And we know the, the pulls of darkness that you are facing, that your kids are facing. And we know that you're being inundated with all kinds of things from social media to television to trends. And the idea behind this series is that we don't know what kind of hell you face all week. But we do know that when you come here, you need to feel a touch from heaven. Right. And that's why there's so much power in placing yourself in the we, your whole family, wholeheartedly, ambitiously, in the we. You place yourself in the we, where you're not casual about it. Well, we don't have anything better to do today, so we might as well go to church. No, you say, when the opportunity is there, when the doors are open, I'm going to be there. When there's a special event going on, I'm going to be there. 
When it's time for kids camp, I'm not only signing up my kids, but I'm gonna volunteer at kids camp because the doors are open and I'm part of the we. When it's time for Radiant on August 23rd, I'm going to be in the we. If I have a wife, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna watch the kids so you can go and be ministered to. Or I'm gonna volunteer because the women deserve a night to be ministered to and the men doing the work, right? I thought I'd get a few more amens out of that. You see, the best gift my parents ever gave me was to model this to me. I've been in the we my whole life. I am a church girl. And now as a parent, I see the benefits of that. All I said, I think I said it earlier, that all my relationships have come out of the community of we. And I want that for my kids. I want them to know that being planted in the house of God, being a part of the community of the we is so much greater than not being a part of it. So that someday when they have kids, they model that to their kids. And their kids model it to their kids. And their kids model it to their kids. And then this legacy that was started generations ago keeps carrying on because we were all a part of the we. James says that you can have this. You can have a healthy, robust community if you do the hard work of getting along treating each other with dignity and honor. Summertime seems to be a time when a lot of families like to take family vacations. And vacations are great. I love vacations. Last fall, we had the opportunity to take our kids to the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. And um, this is not a normal trip for us because our actual family vacation last summer was we loaded up the minivan and drove to Kentucky. Now, I know there are some Kentucky people in our church family, and I have nothing wrong with Kentucky. <laughs> but it's not exactly the most exciting place on earth to go, okay? Like, it was good. We saw what we wanted to see. But Disneyland was like the vacation of all vacations. And we were so excited for this opportunity because we were able to stay at the Disneyland resorts, had awesome pools. Like, I didn't even have to get in the pool with my kids. That's how great it was. And that is a win. If you're a mom of little kids, you know not having to get in the pool is great. And so we, we planned for this. We saved up for this. We were able to um, go to both parks, take two days to go to the parks, and it was going to be great. And, and we had fun. I mean, the trip was amazing. I even brought a picture to show you because sometimes you say like, oh, it was a great trip. And you're like, really, was it a great trip? Like, yes, it really was. Look at that. See? Everybody, even my preteen is like sort of smiling, right? <laughs> That's a win. We were having a great time. But I'll be honest and tell you that behind every happy family picture, there were plenty of not happy moments. Because even though we are a family and we are on the same team, our team is made up of people who are different ages, who like different rides, who like different foods at different times, and who all have very strong opinions. And there are plenty of times in our trip where the me was big. You know what I mean? Me is tired. Me wants to ride this ride. Me wants you to carry me now. Me is hot. Me wants to see the princesses. Me wants to go to the hotel and go swimming, even though you paid thousands of dollars for me to get into this park and ride rides. <laughs> Pay attention to me. That happened on our trip. And there were times when the me was so big that the happiest place on earth became the most miserable place on earth. And even though it had the potential for a great family time with great family memories, 
We had to have a little come to Jesus meeting over our overpriced cheeseburgers at 10.35 a.m. and say, this trip is only going to be fun if we shift from me to we. What can we do? What can we see? What can we experience? What can we do to help one another? That's the only way it works. And yeah, I'm talking in the terms of family, but the same principles apply to church. What can we do to help one another out? What can we do to win together? And of course, the more mature in our family had to help the immature because the immature don't quite get it yet. You know, Pippa still very much is in the me, me, me stage, whereas Reese understands that, you know what, sometimes I have to wait my turn. And then when it's my turn, when I'm waiting my turn, I can show her what it means to do something I don't want to do. So then when it is my turn, she can come along. She can understand that, okay, we're moving in this direction. We did that. Now we're going here. We're moving towards something bigger, something better. And we do that in church. We have to come along those that are around us that maybe aren't as mature in their, in their walk as, as we are and say, you know what? It's okay. We're not going to get offended because somebody said something to you today or somebody didn't say something to you today. We're not going to get upset because you didn't like this decision or you didn't like that decision. You don't like the way that this happened. Like, come on, we're a part of something bigger. We're a part of something bigger than me. God's got you. God's got you covered. Now it's time to come along with the group. We're going somewhere. The big we is important to God. It's when people start to grow in Christ that transformation happens, that the lid is lifted off of our lives and we see God work in our lives like never before. Scripture teaches us that we need to have an attitude that elevates the we over me. Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4 says, Then make my joy complete, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, big things happen when we elevate the we over the me. And one of the things that I really love about Velocity is we encourage everyone to join a team, to use your gifts and your talents to help us fulfill the mission to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. And I hope you understand that we don't encourage people to join a team because we need people to do things. Yes, it is true. Being on a team helps make church possible. But what you get out of being on a team is so much more than you give by being on a team. And I know this is true because I've heard many of you say it, how it was your team that carried you through a rough time, how it was your team that checked in on you and prayed for you, how it was your team that encouraged you to keep going. It was your team that showed up for you. God meant for us to function like a team, and something special happens when God's team makes an attitude adjustment and starts seeing the church like a team. When we say, hey, we are all on the same team, what can we do to help our team? How can we show up? How can we consider? How can we elevate others ab above ourselves? It's not about what's best for me. How are you going to serve me? Are you going to do for me? What can I do for the we? When you see that we're all on the same team, you really shift your attitude. Instead of it's raining, I'm getting wet, it's, it's raining, can I hold an umbrella? Instead of a, no one said hi to me, it's the first time I came to Velocity, someone opened the door and greeted me and made me feel welcome. I want to do that for someone else. You, you need someone to help hold babies? I love babies. Oh, the wind knocked the signs down again? I would love to go pick those up. 
It's saying, I recognize that we're better together. We win together. We are united in our purpose. We achieve more together when we make time for the we. When we make time for the we. Think about that. Because, yeah, being a part of the team means there's some sacrifices on your time. Yeah, I know you're doing that, that groups thing right now, but um, I'm just really busy. I, I, I really got a lot of stuff going on. Everyone's busy, right? I don't know a single person that's like, I'm not busy. And if you are not busy, I want to be your friend because I got a lot of stuff you could help me with. <laughs> Each week in the middle of worship, we pray over the needs of our church. Why do we do that? It's kind of a symbolic way to, to say, hey, we're coming together. We win together. And if you don't write down a prayer request, like, that's okay. If everything is good in your life, we celebrate God's goodness. But when we're doing this, when we're saying stretch out your hands, join your faith with ours, don't take an attitude of me. Me good. Me don't need anything. Me don't need to stretch out my hand. Me hand tired. No, 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 no. Let's look at those needs. Let's look at what the we is carrying. And let's be a family that elevates one another and stretch out our hands and join our faith together and say, God, something is going on in someone's life. They need a touch from you. Their marriage needs a touch from you. Their finances need a touch from you. Their body needs a touch from you. We pray. We consider the we. We build the we up. We encourage the we. We lift. We love. We're engaged. We help the we. We think we. And this is my closing thought for you this morning. You might be thinking, okay, I get it. Me is important to God. I understand my position in the we. But I think this is the most important thought. The community of we is God's hope for them. You see, there's a whole lot of thems outside of these four walls. And them is actually more me's. Me's that matter greatly to God. You can think about it like this. The me and the we that I've been talking about, the me and the we, they're between him and them. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever in the them, every me that's a part of the them would not perish but have everlasting life. The me and the we is between the them and the him. Jesus said to his followers and he says to all of us, you are the light of the world. He's decided to make you and I the representation of him. He's decided to work through people who are called to him and we are plan A and there is no plan B. See, we are the difference makers. We are the life bringers. His spirit alive in us makes the church and the church is God's hope for the world. Being fully committed to being in the we that God wants us to be is how we change the world. Through our generosity, through our light shining, through our words, our hope. When we are in the we, we shine brighter. Our message speaks louder. Our power is stronger and our impact is greater. And here at Velocity, we have so many people in the we of community. And I'm so thankful for each one of you.
But there are so many more of us that God has something bigger in mind for. When you start to think we is greater than me, you'll experience more of what God has for you in your life because it's not being me-minded that you receive, it's in you being we-minded that we receive. It's when you start considering the we that God can start opening up opportunities to bless and strengthen the me. So don't be distant. Don't be a spectator. That's my message for you today. Help the we win. We win together. Be united in purpose. There are people who God has a plan for, and and he's just waiting for you to embrace the plan. And once you embrace the plan, something new will start. You'll get a new chapter in your life. Maybe you've already prayed a prayer of salvation, but now it's time to take another step and get planted in the house. Psalms 92.13 says, if you are planted in the house, you'll be like a tree flourishing. But in order to flourish, you have to be planted. How do you do that? Go to growth track. Join a team. Lead a group. You get the point. Integrate within the we. Move closer. Don't stay isolated. Don't stay on the edges. Just keep moving in and don't let anything hold you back. Because God created every me to be in the we. God not only wants to do something to you, but he wants to do something through you. And the joy that comes with having God working through you and being part of the we, there's nothing like it.